Jude verses 14 through 16. It was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of all their deeds of ungodliness that they've committed in such an ungodly way and of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, malcontents. Following their own sinful desires, they are loud-mouthed boasters, showing favoritism to gain advantage. The word of the Lord. We've been talking about this idea of warning that Jude is giving uh, in this this short but so important New Testament letter. I think pastorally, and also for any Christian listening, it is incredibly instructive for for me. There have been moments where I know I need to give a rebuke. And you're sitting across from somebody in a counseling table, and you're like, man, if I rebuke them in the way they need to be rebuked, they'll I'll lose influence over them. And, and there's moments of where I can get lose my courage in that in that moment. And I think this is such a great letter for me because this is such a strong rebuke. And obviously, what is the hope? The hope is repentance. The hope is faith. Um, and uh, I think pastorally and from Christian to Christian, one of the things we were talking about recently in an elders meeting— how do we urge our people to pursue righteousness in one another and to be able to do what Jude is doing here and to call them out and to give them a strong word of warning, uh, a strong word of correction? Uh, so that's exactly what we've been seeing in this book. It's something that I think practically we so need in the life of the church. Um, and uh, what are your thoughts on the passage? One of the most amazing aspects of this passage we just read is, is the language that is used here because it's so rare. And uh, maybe the language in Scripture that's rare ought to be rare in our conversation. Maybe. The, maybe that's supposed to be a key. I think we use the word godly fairly loosely, mm-hmm. whereas uh, in the very few times in Scripture that the word godly would rightly be translated, it means in alignment with the character of God. Ungodly is the opposite of that. Right. And that makes this particular passage fascinating because in verse 15, we are told about the prophecy of Enoch, and, and he's seventh from Adam. That means it came really early. Right. And, and notice the repetition here because it says that, uh, that the, the Lord is coming in judgment with the holy ones, that's the angels, to execute judgment and to convict all the, now notice this, the ungodly of all their deeds of what? Ungodliness. That they have done how? In such an ungodly way. Yeah. Now... That's something close to a third of all the uses of that word in the entire fascinating. Bible. And, wow. and that tells you that here in one verse, this is the essence of ungodliness, ungodly people doing ungodly things in an ungodly way. <laughs> and uh, again, it's just a really strong word to us. And what does godly mean? That means in alignment with God's character. So what does ungodly mean? It means the opposite of that, the contradiction to that. And so, you know, it convicts me of saying we got to be really careful when we say this is godly or that's godly. It, it better be godly if we call it yeah. godly. But ungodly, you know, in threefold form here, I think as much as he cites the Old Testament, this has to be a reversal of Isaiah chapter 6. Mm. Holy, holy, mm-hmm. holy is the Lord of Ungodly, hosts. ungodly, ungodly. The whole earth is, is filled with his glory. And so in Isaiah 6, it's holy, 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 the thrice holy God. And now it is ungodly, 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 Mm. the thrice ungodly people. Yeah, and and it's interesting just even his use, ungodly in all their deeds, 
un, un so the deeds are ungodly in an ungodly way. There's kind of a you know the way that there there's a motivation, uh, and then ungodly sinners like they, they so there's a deed uh, like a motivation, a way, and then there's a categorization. They've just become this right. person that is ungodly. And before we leave this, let's just imagine this. So you have this horrifying statement of the sinfulness of sin, ungodly, 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 ungodly people doing ungodly things in an ungodly way. So what are the examples given? Well, it includes grumblers, <laughs> malcontents, <laughs> yes, loud-mouthed boasters showing favoritism. Now that tells you that sometimes the most dangerous, subversive sins in Christ's church are not the ones that would make the headlines of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Yeah. They're the ones that will rip your church apart. They're yes. the ones that will destroy trust and fellowship in your church. They're the ones that subvert the very idea of koinonia, covenant and trust. You know, a, a passage, I'm flipping over, but the, a passage I've been meditating on in this age, I think is a good word for the church, is James 3.17, the wisdom from above, right? How, how, how do you know if you're in line with God and His wisdom? It's pure, okay, so yes, we want to be pure, but then what is that followed by? Peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial, and sincere. And I think this is the same kind of warning here. Where is some of the most grotesque and damaging and obviously God's bringing on God's hate and wrath? Where is where is some of this sin found? Well, yeah, like you said, it, it can be found in our very pews when we grumble and are malcontent. And, and, and obviously remember that the, the, the sin of grumbling is one of God's primary indictments against the children of Israel after he brought them out of Egypt. Yes. And then, you know, this last one, showing favoritism to gain advantage. God takes that very seriously. Oh, a great word. Uh, so helpful. And again, I just want to go back and say, as just a word of encouragement to any Christian listening, let's be the kind of people that love one another enough to pursue righteousness in one another, to pursue right living in one another, and they were able to, to do what Judah's doing here and to say, look, this is not the way of the Lord. Repent, look to Jesus, believe, and be changed. For Albert Moeller, I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening.